Welcome into another episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the set manager at Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at DMO57. We're back after our one-week hiatus. I've got all the usual line mates with me to talk about what I'm sure was a thrilling and exciting and edge-of-your-seat nail-biting week of Chicago Blackhawks hockey that I missed while I was gone. Right? Yeah. Uh, or not. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe it was just another heavy sigh, like the heavy sigh from the eight weeks before. Um, but bringing in all the group that's with us this evening up first, the analytics darling of second city hockey, you can find on Twitter at Jehovah's witness. It's shepherd price. Hi, uh, the Blackhawks are bad. Yes. Can confirm. And for the tank, you should feel glad. Yeah. <laughs> so- Oh, and that pat that pun was about as bad. That rhyme was about as bad as the Blackhawks. So you can see why they're grown worthy. I, I don't even know where to go. Like usually, there's some sort of like segue or something. <laughs> I, I go off of what you say, but I just I I, I just want to hang up the virtual phone right now and just the Blackhawks do not inspire confidence and do not inspire creativity. Was the and, thing well, that was going well, that on. they're doing what they're supposed to do is the is the crazy part of that whole uh, equation there because that's that's kind of the plan i guess yeah oh, oh, oh hey uh so who who you got in the final uh give me france give me uh give me the current best player in the world over the former best player in the world okay now i assume that just means you think france is going to win but yes if you who do you want to win for uh as a netherlands supporter It'd be cool if we only lost to the to the winner. See, yeah, I don't I don't buy into that entire mindset. Uh, but it's I I have a heart. It's let Messi win. Come on, let Messi have his day. He deserves it. Does he? I thought so. Hmm. Nah, whatever. Let's uh, let's keep moving it along though, because we got two other people to bring in. Uh, up next, uh, we we understand maybe playing through an upper body injury this evening, but uh, he's gonna gut it out for us. Uh, he is the second city hockey. What Chris Conley is to saves the day. You can find him on Twitter at mill one eighty two. It's Mill Savage. I met Chris Conley once. How was he? He's very nice and he's very small. Okay, well, I uh, I will report back because uh, the reason that I brought that band up, I, the, uh, they came to mind was uh, I've been listening to them all day because I'm going to see them Thursday night, which could be today for the people listening to this show. Uh, but they were playing the uh, – this I think it's a Say What You Are album, which everyone is uh-huh. at your freedom wrong. They're playing that start to finish at the House of Blues, and I'm very excited about it because I never actually saw them. Yeah, so. they're very good live. Enjoy it. Uh, I'm a big Say fan. Yeah, uh, they are. I feel like that is a uh, very much um, pinpoints how old you are by whether or not you are familiar with Saves the Day. It pinpoints your age and your musical interests, pretty much. Yeah, so, they're being cool is one of my favorite records ever. So, yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Um, but yeah, Mills a little under the weather this evening, so uh, we're we're. Hoping he can finish out the job, but uh, understand if he cannot. But uh, you know he may not be quite his usual 
litany of expletive self this evening, unfortunately, but uh, we, we, we know, we're glad he's here anyway. Uh, also with us this evening, uh, she is not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where she is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text. It's Betsy. Um, I'm excited for this week, not because of hockey in any way. I am going to miss both Blackhawks games, which is actually kind of a celebration all on its own. <laughs> Or work holiday parties, yeah. And then I'm going to an ECHL game. That oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's the uh, the fake Atlanta Thrashers thing, right? Yeah, I talked friends into going, and um, with the promise that we're going to be in the club level, which means nobody else is going to be there, and not that there will be many people either, but like lots of alcohol. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I mean, let's Uber, let's Uber outside of Atlanta to another team. That says they're from Atlanta, but are not actually in the city. So um, where where's it at? Like forty miles north. Oh. Um, the are same they, way the Braves are. like. I was just about to say, are they playing at the Atlanta Braves Stadium? They're in the opposite direction. Okay. <laughs> There's only one sports team in Atlanta. Well, I guess their soccer team's there now too. I always forget they have a soccer team, so they have two that play and in it's Atlanta. Good. But I think the the Atlanta United won the MLS Cup last year, if I remember correctly, or two I years wouldn't. ago. I have no idea. You weren't. You didn't go to that game. <laughs> I mean, I, I literally just said I forgot that there was a soccer team here. <laughs> okay. Okay. Fair point. Uh, Fair point. I should remember that though, because uh, all the bars in my neighborhood when I go up there always have Atlanta United stuff, and I was like, people jumped on that brand band bandwagon very quickly. But I actually don't know how long that team has even been here either. Everybody loves a winner. Actually, I get, I noticed some of the Atlanta United stuff at Mercedes Benz stadium when I was there to watch the bears lose, um, as you do. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Everyone got on that bandwagon real quick, but you know, when you show up and win a championship, I think that's why the Colorado avalanche got such a massive following so quickly out in Denver. Cause they showed up with a generational talents all over the roster. So that's yeah. how that worked out. I could have coached that team to a victory. Jeez. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 Hey, uh, I'm going to put uh, Sackick and Forsberg out and then why, and then if they don't score while stop it at the other end, what else do we need to do? Yeah, dude. Was Alex Tegay on that first team or was he only on the second I one? think he was a, he was a later arrival. If I remember correctly. He was a bitch, man. I liked that team. I was like Milan Hayduk too on that. Yeah. On the, on the, like the second wave Colorado team. Well, yes, uh, the the main thing uh, I wanted to do really quickly here is because I I missed every single Blackhawks game for the last week. Uh, with the obviously came back and saw the Tuesday night game, which we'll get to in a second, the one against the Capitals. But uh, anything fun happened while I was gone? No. 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 Okay. No. 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 Ovechkin no, score. Well, the, yeah. I oh, saw you were that. Back. He's, you were he back. saw that. Yeah, I yeah. got. I was back. I saw the Tuesday game, but the the two against the 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 New York double double. And then uh, the Devils was the other one. I I I they how they beat the Rangers? How how did that happen? Like I thought the Rangers were supposed to be good. They beat yeah. the, the Rangers came back and beat the Blackhawks. <laughs> I uh, I covered that Rangers game. Um, they just kind of did the thing where they get outshot by double but still win. <laughs> okay. So and it, the Rangers they, are sort of yaha, so whatever. They they had their one like shooting percentage uh, progression to the mean night, and then went back to being bad the other nights. Yeah, and they were kind of due. I think they lost eight in a row until then. Yeah, 
And then I joked with Shay because we were talking about the next couple games being the beginning of a new losing streak. And there you go. <laughs> what did, didn't something happen with Jacob Truba? Yeah. I was about games? to say it had to, I was thinking Again? of karma. Like that the, the Rangers lost. It wasn't that the Blackhawks won. It's that karma was like, okay, fuck this guy already. Well, yeah, because he, he almost killed Jujar Kara last season. He to- He's one of those players that the hit is almost like he knows what he's doing. It's like not really legal, and they should adjust to take away some of the stuff that he does. He's not the only player, but he makes a habit of it, mm-hmm. uh, of those borderline. Like you're still going to fuck a dude's career up one day, and you're lucky you haven't yet kind of hits. And yeah, he he likes to lay those. So, um, so so it feels it's the uh, the Alf Samuelson situation uh, to throw it back way too long. Uh, he's he's got something coming for him at some point, I think. So somebody's gonna somebody's Samuelson. gonna open up the score. Jeez, that's a deep cut. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's what I'm here for. Uh, <laughs> the other, what was the other thing? Oh, I guess Reese Johnson fought Casey Zizekas. Because Alex Stalock still hasn't played since Azikas ran his ass a couple months ago. Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, the, so those it, are the highlights. Uh, it, was, were, it was one of those old school like skate up to each other and throw your gloves off right away. Okay. Yeah. What, what like, are those? Oh, here we go. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I guess, like, uh, I don't know if it was a story I read, but like, there was appreciation within the lock, the Blackhawks locker room that he did that. And I, I don't want to just dis- like completely dismiss that. Cause I know that's a, that is a legitimate thing like among hockey players. Um, but it doesn't really do m- too much for me, I guess. I don't know. Yes. We, we all, me and all the homies, we hate the <laughs> Reese Johnson appreciators. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> None well, of my homies I, appreciate Reese Johnson. You know what though? If he keeps getting in fights, it's really going to ruin Betsy's thing about him being a nice guy. Yeah, I know. He's not being a gentleman. At all. Yeah. Yeah, he's kind of being a jerk. Yeah. Um, the only other the watching the Devils play was actually really like obviously from a Blackhawks standpoint that game sucked, but um, the, the, that was very fun good. to watch. Yeah, <laughs> I I like I don't know I I wrote about that on Monday like like the Devils like it, it kind of came out of nowhere because they it's been like a decade since they even made the playoffs I I think um and like they've had. They've had some of these young guys who were pretty good for a while. Like they, Jack Hughes, I didn't realize Jack Hughes is in his fourth season already. Holy shit. Uh, Jesper Bratt is like, he's been pretty good, but he took another massive step forward. And then uh, who are some of the other guys? I'm drawing a blank now. Some of the other top forwards that they have. They have another really high first round pick that's like third or fourth in points for them. Have, uh, Heischer. No, Nico Heischer, that's the one. Yeah, and he's in yeah, his like... He's in his like sixth season already. He got drafted at the UC. So, I, somebody, um, somebody said something about like the Devils could be the what the Blackhawks are if they get Bedard, and they're like, like if he's to Jack Hughes, and it'll be a couple years. And I was like, this is exactly what people say when they go use the Avalanche as an example. Other than the fact that it took longer, um, they keep going with the biggest name as the starter for the rebuild. In which case, that would be McKinnon, but. You have to go back farther because it's Landeskog. And then mm-hmm. same thing with the Devils. It's Nico. You know, it's <laughs> he just it took him longer to get, you know, up there a little bit. Um, he's a little yeah. bit 
he, he just took a little bit long. He was always a good player. It just took him a while to figure out exactly how to put it together properly. Yeah. And it's like maybe the Hawks have like their Nico Hisher already in the system somewhere. Um, Hopefully. But- Maybe yeah. it's Reichel. Uh, well, I, like the guy I was thinking of was uh, with Jesper Bratt because he was a late round pick. Uh, was that was like I would love it if Phil Kershaw became that became Jesper Bratt, but uh, I don't. Like I need I need to. That's I think they're that already I, like this. Aren't they the same age? Pretty close. Well, isn't Bratt like? No, no, I'm I thought Bratt. I thought Bratt was Brad's older. older. Bratt's in only, his sixth season. Only, like, um, only like. Yeah. A I think uh, before the season started, I yeah. think that we all were talking about New Jersey being interesting before the year started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Kershev's 23. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say, ironically, I was like, are late 90s kids. Yeah. Um, so no. I do uh, related to the Devils game because this, this is the, the one question that <laughs> I, I saw from afar that I was curious about. And I, I'm going to direct this question to Betsy as our, our Ice Hogs correspondent. What position has Lucas Reichel been playing with the Ice Hogs? Center. What position did he, put, did he play when they called him up to fill in for a center? Wing. Why? I don't understand this. This this is such a strange thing to me. And I, I, I don't understand why you had him playing center in the AHL for the second season in a row now. Like he was playing all of the – of last season at center, if I'm remembering. Yeah, he played. He played last year at center, and then he played the year before that in Germany at center because they they had an injury on his German team, so he went from being like a third or second line winger, and they pushed him up, and then he was so good there, they were like, "Well, why fuck with that?" Okay, but, and then and then like you, Taves goes out with an illness, so they they bring Reichel in, and then they play him at wing, and I don't understand this. I don't understand why. They they shuffled the lineup around to put him out on a wing when they give him a fucking chance at center. I don't understand this. Can you explain this to me? You, Shay, Mill, anybody? I uh, so, <laughs> I don't know if Weichel's really gonna be a center in the NHL. Like he plays center well, um, but I bet you anything he's probably gonna he would be better at work. <clears throat> um, That's what I was gonna say. I mean, there's a lot of players who get drafted as centers like Kane. Uh, I think Reichel Shaw. actually the opposite. Reichel was a winger when he was drafted. He only started playing center two years ago. Oh, that's fair. I was just going to say like they, they maybe play center in juniors or AHL depending on where they go. But like, like you said, then they'll come up and end up on a wing. But like, I, I, I understand if they believe his skill set may not translate to uh, the NHL level, but I don't understand why you don't at least give him the opportunity to prove prove you right or prove you wrong when you have a hole in your lineup for a top six center and then you call up your first round pick who's been tearing up the AHL. I just I don't understand. It, it, this feels like the Blackhawks whoever's making these decisions, whether it's the front office coach, whatever, it just feels like they're like, we know we're, we're so smart. We know he can't play wing or we know he can't play center at the NHL. So we're going to put him on wing because we know that. And I don't, I have no reason to believe that the Blackhawks know that one way or another, because they haven't developed shit in the last 10 years. That's true. So why? go ahead. I was going to say, I was less, I'm less worried about the position and more annoyed that they stuck him with, 
Dickinson. Not that he hasn't been fine, but their whole point of not bringing Lucas Reichel up was they're like, well, there's no point in bringing him up and playing him on the fourth line or in the bottom six when he's a skilled player. And I'm like, but you just stuck him with Dickinson. <laughs> like, what was the point? Like, you you stuck him with a bottom six player. And he had, you know, obviously had that like couple of games in that one week and a half that the Blackhawks were good. When everything was going in and magic, you know, they were, they were like shitting. When Sam Lafferty was scoring two shorthanded goals in the same game. Yeah, exactly. You know, like magic happened, but he's not that anymore. So they didn't even put him with um, Kane, which a lot of people were annoyed. They were like, why wouldn't you at least put him with the one other skilled, top skilled player? Um, Because he could have easily slotted in with uh, Domi. You just move Mm Kershev down um, because Kershev is still on that line. But Reichel did play center a very little bit in that game for like two minutes. Um, and he was between Radish and Andres. I'm never going to say his name. Often to see you. Often to see you. Yes. Often um, to see you too, Shay. They were <laughs> like, I think they only had two shifts and they were pinned in the entire time. Um, but even, even that, like two minutes with somewhat skilled players is not great i just i didn't like the it's fine if he's at wing but at least give him line mates to do something he didn't he he didn't stand out other than when he was like skating the puck up the ice because he got into the zone a few times that you were like oh that's pretty and then nothing happened but that's you know that's blackhawks hockey well because yeah he gets into the zone and then it's like well i can't take this puck to the net myself because this is the nhl and i don't have any help so i guess i guess i'll just dump it in and hope something good happens he lost his man on one other play. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not totally that... sure. Yeah. <laughs> the, they don't play the same systems exactly in oh, Jesus. between oh, the two of them. They're slightly different. We're doing this that's again. Why, that's kind of what I was going to say is it might have just been more of an assignment thing, knowing he was going to play just that one game. Yeah. I honestly would have rather them have gone 11-7 instead of flying him out. At the yeah, last minute, he was like, "I didn't." He was like, "I didn't even get to eat and all this other stuff." And yeah, like he showed up in Rockford and found out, and then I think they had to hightail his ass to O'Hare, get him on a plane to Newark, and then get him to the rink in in New Jersey. So yeah, that that ideal situation. It's just I I don't know. That's just the I I try not to go make too big deal about it because it's just one game, but it feels like just a little symptom of the same disease of not being able to develop talent for the last 10 years. And like when things, a little thing like that happens, it just rubs me the wrong way. And it it puts little alarm bells in the back of my head. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it was, it'll be much ado about nothing, but that, that annoyed me. I will say it made me realize I'm glad that Reichel's not really up here. You know, like the beginning of the season, we were all like grumpy about it. But honestly, I'm glad he's not getting whatever this shit is on him. <laughs> <laughs> no, right now. we're just all getting it on ourselves. Um, but I so uh, anything else I missed from the week? Shay, uh, do you have anything else to toss in? The, the, the team just it plays so bad. It, it, <laughs> they're just the, the, the five yeah. on five stats speak for themselves yeah like i i don't it's just I, I, it's I, not fun so i was i was listening to the the broad street hockey podcast earlier today uh that's the our sibling site that 
is about the Flyers. And it was kind of funny listening to them talk because I feel like we're saying a lot of the same things that they are. It's just like, I don't think this team is not trying. I think there's good effort. I think there's a, uh, I, I don't think, I don't hate the coach. There's a but... buzzword. <laughs> the, the, the... They're just not good. That's all. No. And the fun I thing mean, is, the Flyers are supposed to be good. Well, the Blackhawks are supposed to be this. This is what well, the Blackhawks are supposed to be. I, I think the the Flyers front office thinks they're they're supposed to be better than they are, but everyone else outside is like, oh no, this team's going to be bad. Edited. <laughs> yeah, and the other games that I wrote about, besides the Rangers game because they won, um, it's like every recap. It's like, hey, they just don't have the talent to compete. <laughs> yeah, like I, there's nothing else you could say. Yeah, um, but I. I uh, I got the recap for Tuesday, uh, and, and I actually had a rare moment where there was something to talk about because Alex Ovechkin scored his 800th career goal. Um, I, I don't know, like, I don't think I entered that night thinking, oh, he's definitely going to get a hat trick. But as soon as Ovechkin scored 24 seconds into the game, there was that immediate thought of, oh shit, it's going to happen tonight, which it did. Um, and, uh, I, it, it was kind of cool. Like I appreciated like. The Hawks, like uh, the Hawks fans, I think afforded themselves quite well by giving a standing ovation. Like Gene Honda announced it like it was a Blackhawks goal, which I thought was kind of neat. And just like there was a, just a lot of mutual respect shown, or and not mutual respect, just a lot of respect shown by the Blackhawks fans in the stadium. And I thought that was a really cool thing. I think it was mutual. Ovechkin did like well, a yeah. lap at the end. To, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I it just meant like, like, the, like, I think mutual respect is between peers and yeah. I don't think Ovechkin doesn't have sure. a peer uh, is, is where I was getting at. But yeah, you know, you an Ovechkin also seemed to very much appreciate it to your point, Betsy. But um, I, I just, I, I wrote this in the recap and I wanted to bring this to the group and I'll swing this over to Shay first. Like there's no debate anymore, right? Like Alex Ovechkin is the best goal scorer in NHL history, period. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. He has to be. Um, I mean, Bossy was right there for a long time, but Bossy didn't have the career longevity that, that Ovechkin has, mm-hmm. has has had. Ovechkin's going to score fifty goals at like thirty eight. Yeah, uh, he's he's pulling off Tom Brady level. And it's just for era. That's that's my, the whole point. Why? Because you just for the era, he his eight hundred goals are more impressive than anybody else on anybody that's over seven hundred right now, probably. I, I haven't looked. I, I know there's only two other people over 800, but like it's just it playing in an era where there's there's more teams and and the goalies are better, the equipment's larger. Oh, it's such yeah. a different type of hockey now. The, the 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 goalies are much better, and the defense isn't just focused on on gra- on grappling and like hugging, <laughs> and yeah. is actually trying to actually play actual defense. Yeah, the, like the fact that he still Home teams <laughs> exactly. Uh, just it's it's incredible that he's still doing what he's doing at his age. And like uh, I think it was P.K. Subban said on ESPN that he thinks Ovechkin go, could go for a thousand. And that doesn't feel crazy to to think that. I don't think he could hit two more, two hundred more. I, I still think that his take that like when he passes Gretzky, he's going to throw immediately throw off all of his equipment and go back to the locker room and immediately retire. I think that's what's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> it would be a pretty funny way to go out. The full, uh, just do the full Reg Dunlop around the ice, and then go back to the locker room and call it a career. Um, but yeah, I so Mill and Betsy, I assume you're you're both in agreement. Like, I don't know how much of a debate this is anymore, but I, I feel like it needs to be like I feel like it's something that should be just make sure we're all on the record or everybody should be in agreement that this right. 
Yeah, I don't think there is a debate. Yeah, yeah. I, I I would say that I would be interesting to see Gretzky in his prime play against these defenses because he had such great vision. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't think that the there's a debate. Like to me, Ovechkin's. I, I mean, you look at all these different guys who you put him in that category. You could say Bossy Gretzky. I would probably put Lemieux up there. Um, mm-hmm. Even early team with Solani, they didn't play oh, yeah. against any defenses. Yeah, and and like I think Gretzky would have been every bit as good of a playmaker. Uh, yeah, yeah. Now as he was then, uh, the goal scoring might have uh, dialed down a little bit because the goalies actually like go down in a butterfly once in a while. They don't just yeah. stand there and watch the puck go through their skates like they did when he was in. And they, and they don't come 40 <laughs> feet out of the crease like that too, trying yeah. to go one-on-one with well, Gretzky. Well, except Mrazek. Well, yeah. Well, it was like, oh God. why am I way out here? I don't he, know. I, like, the, I remember when uh, the knock with looking into the two goalies the, guys, the two goalies the Hawks have with Mrazek and Stalock, when they got them, like the knock was that Alex Stalock plays this high-wire style and tends to lose his net a lot. Mrazek seems like the one that can't fucking find his crease half this season like I mean, uh, it, it's been there are so many goals where he is like flat like flailing around like there was one he scored where i think he was facing the end boards and it went in <laughs> like over buzzed his ear as it went into the net you're like uh, like no wonder he breaks his groin like every four weeks or something. yeah yeah uh that's like watching it's been so interesting watching Mrazek and stalock play and then going from those two to soda bloom who is not that who very positionally sound doesn't really go, uh, go swimming around too much in his net. Uh, it's just, it's, and I think I like that style more. Like I, I, I don't want to say you can't win as a goalie doing all the, uh, crazy high wire shit. Uh, Mark, uh, flurry did it well. Hashik did it well, but, uh, when they don't do it well, it looks very bad. Yeah. Yeah. We're, just, we're, we're all pro Corey Crawford. Oh yeah, this is absolutely so, of course. <laughs> yeah, so undoubtedly, we're like that's the style we like. Just steady, confident, occasional <laughs> flashing of like awesome, like highlight reel, but no. This yeah, other I, crazy. Um. So yeah, uh, so we got to witness some NHL history on Tuesday night. Uh, that that was kind of neat. Some yeah, something man, I didn't different. Go. <laughs> huh? I'm mad I didn't go. I was going to go see Ovechkin. Yeah, I think uh, I, I haven't been to a game yet this season, uh, mostly because they just because of the state of the team. But uh, I, th- I think so. I think some point in the next few weeks, I think I need my adventure out there just to go watch a hockey game because sometimes you just want to go watch a damn hockey game. Even, <laughs> I just need to pick a good opponent because I don't think the Hawks going to bring me much entertainment. True. Also true. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick time. Who? Watch the Wolves. Yes. Uh, <laughs> fuck the Chicago Wolves. Didn't did we already we already declared this platform last year? Yeah, no, I'll go watch the Ice Hogs well, when they play against the Wolves. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, we're gonna take a quick time out and then come back on the other side of the break and I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about something. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Maybe we'll just talk about uh, how great Alex Ovechkin is or something. Now, but uh, come on back because we'll we'll figure out something. Welcome back to Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, 
I was kind of vague before the break because we were kind of figuring out what else there is to talk about with this team. And uh, the answer is not much. Um, the games coming up this weekend, they got Thursday night. They're hosting Vegas. And then they get on a plane and go play at Minnesota. So that game seems like it's going to be more unpleasant than usual because it just seems like a very bad circumstance with the schedule and all that. And now that I'm saying that the Hawks will almost certainly win five to one, and then they come back Sunday evening to face the Rangers once again. uh, And then they have two days off before going to Nashville. Uh, One quick thing I wanted to talk about somewhat Blackhawks related uh, because a few weeks ago, there was this big whole thing where, you know, Kirby doc scored a shootout goal and he, uh, Montreal beat the Hawks and he did all that showboating stuff and everyone was talking about how great Kirby Doc is and how well he's playing in Montreal and the Hawks fucked up by trading him away yada 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 do you know what he's done in the last three weeks He's he's got in the last let's see he did score a goal tonight just to spite me what an ass <laughs> but so now in their last one two three four five six seven eight in the, he's got three points in the last nine games just, just wanted, how are just the rest wanted, of the Canadians doing though? They're uh well they had a game that they lost seven to six and he didn't uh, have a point that night, I believe. So I, know, I just I, I remember there was like a a it felt like there was a crescendo of oh the Hawks should have never traded Doc, look at how good he is. And then he had three points in nine games. So it's like just let's uh pump the brakes on all of that. It's like the same thing we were talking about earlier with when the Hawks were four and two, and there was concern that they weren't going to be bad enough to uh, get into the bottom of the NHL standings. Like it's an 82 game season, pump some brakes, have some patience. Let's see what it looks like on a bigger sample size. So, uh, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't makes it sound like I, uh, I'm anti Kirby doc and I don't want to come across that way. I was just annoyed by the, the, the way people were acting like he was the second coming of Gretzky. For a while, people don't fucking like, watch the rest of the league, though. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's that too. Yes, this is this isn't this is a problem the NHL frequently runs into, is that nobody watches other the rest of the league. Yeah, I and I I've I've been guilty of it myself. I'm trying, and it's it's something I'm trying to do a lot more this season because of how bad the Hawks are. But <laughs> I was gonna like, say I prefer the rest of the league. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just like it's like especially like being in this role. It's like, I, I try to make it such a point to watch every single Hawks game I can. Cause it's kind of the job that I forget. Like there's, there are 31 other teams you can watch. Like there's, there's other games at night that you can watch. Like, uh, you know, they're uh, and having like all the games on ESPN plus now, like there's so I, you can watch any game you want at pretty much any time. So, uh, I've been trying to do that a little more this year. Uh, but yeah, Kirby Tuck did score a goal tonight, despite me. Cause I was looking at his stats earlier. I'm like, it was like two points in like, eight games or something. It was, it was, uh, there's a really long stretch basically since the Chicago game, he had not really done much of anything uh, until tonight. That doesn't even count as a point. Yeah. Yeah. Sh- the shootout goal he had. So whatever. Anyway, uh, I'll, I'll get off my, uh, my soapbox for whatever the hell it is I'm doing here. And so Kirby doc, come on, man. <laughs> Doesn't he still have like more points than everybody, but Kane on the black Ops? Oh, Sure. Yeah, well, but the Hawks well, suck, <laughs> Betsy. We. <laughs> yeah, okay. And at but, least like, they're young kids playing and sucking together. Yeah, they they like they have young kids to play. So Doc's uh, with the goal tonight. He's got twenty points in twenty nine games, and then if you run it over to the Blackhawks, I think um, Kane is twenty or twenty. Kane is twenty one and twenty seven. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, I think Naomi's so. got stuck on that Montreal. Patrick Kane's got more well, points than Kirby Dodd. They can argue. Woo! People can argue about that when they both miss the playoffs this year. Yeah. No. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. All right. Uh, there was one other Blackhawks related item we wanted to get to though, and it's actually this might actually be something a good diversion for all of you for the next few weeks uh, from watching the Blackhawks. And that is the world juniors tournament is happening and there's going to be plenty of Blackhawks prospects. Well, I shouldn't say plenty. There's going to be five and four of them are on team Canada. They announced this a week ago. And if you're a fan of left-handed defensemen, have I got good news for you because the entire left-handed defense core of Canada's team this year could be Blackhawks prospects. If Kevin Korchinski, Nolan Allen and Ethan Del Mastro uh, could all be just playing left D for team Canada this year. Colton doc is the fourth player. He's up at a Ford. One of the lineup projections I saw from somebody, one of the Canadian hockey writers did not have doc in the starting lineup though. So um, I don't know how, how much weight to put on that, but it does seem like he's a, a fringe player to make uh to, to be in the lineup for some of these games. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, it was kind of a bummer that Ryan Green got cut, who was a Blackhawks second-round pick either this year or last year. Uh, but he was really good in the camp that they had, but he was one of the, the final cuts of that camp. Um, and then the other player is Ilya Safanov in Sweden, and I believe he's the captain on that team, if yep. I remember correctly. Yep, yep, yep. So there you go. Uh, if you If you want something – to watch and need a reason to ha- be encouraged about the future of the Blackhawks. Uh, watch Kevin Korchinski is, I, I think is the biggest thing I would tell you, because he's going to be very good. Uh, uh, the hope is that he just destroys that tournament. That, that Canadian team looks uh, unfair as almost the word I would use for it. it's, it's real good. Like I, I would be shocked if they don't win. Not to be overly blunt, but is that doc brother any good? Uh, offensively, yes. Defensively, yeah, he, suspect. Yeah, he. I, had, just, I haven't really heard much about him. He had like he had a slow start to the season because of the concussion. Uh, he got hurt with the Hawks in training camp, and then I believe he got hurt again in Kelowna, and then yeah. he was out for a while. And then he actually came back for a few games, got suspended for a game, um, and he's putting up decent numbers. I wouldn't say he's setting the league on fire in any way, but. He's he's doing all right. I don't think he's um like he I don't think he's doing any like superstar numbers, but he's he seems like he could be he's on the the path uh, towards the NHL still is what I would say. Uh how high on the NHL lineup he's going to end up is up for debate still, but he seems like he could still be an NHL player in the future. He's okay. like the opposite of his brother in a lot of ways. So Kirby Doc was all Good. about finesse and um being able to skate decently for his size, play make really well, that kind of stuff. And then kind of didn't want to go in close as much. Like that just wasn't where he just hadn't learned to do that yet. And then um, Colton is all about getting as close to the fucking front as he can get. So a lot of his goals are like those dirty, I'm going to shovel it in kind of. Rebounds. Um, yeah. Or he gets in by himself a lot too. Like he's better skating in close than he is. He's got a wonky stride. <laughs> I, I remember, and it, it might have been you said that, Betsu. I remember hearing that he's his skating is weird. Yeah, it's not. It's, he's gotten better. Um, so you have to be like impressed by that development in that area. But it's still a weird stride. I feel like a skating coach should make him not do that. 
Well, maybe uh, maybe Kendall Coyne Schofield will uh, will 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 set him straight when he gets to Chicago at some point. Um, I was surprised he made it over Green, um, but I guess because Colton Doc is like been put like I guess they they view the like they they give hype more to the junior leagues than they do to the NCAA, which is the opposite the U.S. does. The U.S. gives mm-hmm. more credence to college hockey. Um, but I feel like Green has was has been better um, in general. But I also watch more um, Boston University games than I do like anything in juniors. Um, yeah, and well, and the uh, the other thing related to Ryan Green is that his roommate in their camp was Connor Bedard. So there was uh, there's a lot of talk about oh future Blackhawks teammates. Uh, I think I said this on the last pod. Or I, or maybe I've said this to someone else, but um, the Anaheim Ducks are so shitty that I'm really starting to lose faith in the Hawks being able to land Connor Bedard because I don't think they're going to be as bad as the Ducks. Oh yeah, that's a problem because the Ducks yeah. are on pace to have as many points as the 2016-17 Colorado Avalanche, which is the yeah. worst team of the 21st century. But are there we go. <laughs> are we going to acknowledge? My predictions are related to the Ducks. I- <laughs> what are uh, yeah? I uh, I. I <laughs> sure i i need to go back and find when you said that because i don't remember but i it, i'll give you credit for sure I, <laughs> I remember it because a couple of you were like no they have too much t- they have young talent that you think would like lift them up a little bit and i was like no they're really bad <laughs> like they're gonna be really bad <laughs> well i i don't think i i thought i i thought their goaltending was going to be better than it's been john gibson just oh boy yeah they uh, broke it yeah yeah so, uh, but the reason I said all that is because, uh, Adam Fantilli, it looks like he's going to be a pretty goddamn good, uh, consolation prize. Uh, I was listening to Corey Pronman was on, uh, the athletic podcast with Lazen powers and his description of Fantilli was basically like Jonathan Taze, but more offensive upside. Like, yeah, sure. Sign me up for that. I- I'll, I'll take that. I mean, obviously, Connor Bedard is the guy you want, but Fantilli is also going to be playing on that Canadian team, which is why they seem like they're insanely stacked. And uh, either if like you got either Bedard or Fantilli, I I would be totally fine with that by the end of the season. So, so there, there's another thing to watch. Uh, and anything else from the on the World Juniors radar to watch? I believe that starts in earnest next week. Next week being the week before Christmas. Yeah, they start like the twenty second or the twenty third. There you go. Yeah, that's always like right. It's always right when the NHL goes into its full on uh, holiday break for like three or four days. That's usually when the World Juniors kicks off, and uh, Team Canada's Canada seems like they're going to win. And from a Blackhawks perspective, they're going to be the most interesting team to watch because they got four Blackhawks prospects on the team. Um, I just pulled up the schedule. They actually don't start until the day after Christmas this year. Yeah. 26, the 22nd and 23rd, I think is when they go down, like they go down there for their pre stuff. Yeah. I was reading. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, it starts the 26th with the group stage and then the, that, that, that week between Christmas and new year's when nobody does any work anyway, because you shouldn't, because that's, that's the year. That's the week where everybody in the world decides we're not going to do anything this week. We're not going to be productive. So you can watch Blackhawks prospects play in this tournament. And then in the first week of January, they have the knockout stages and championship game and all that. So so there's a two-week reprieve from the misery that is the Chicago Blackhawks this season. Anything else to talk about hockey-related? 
I think I think we've covered all the grounds. Then we, we can talk about some food stuff to uh, reclaim our title as the best food themed hockey podcast on the internet. All right. So, uh, what did you eat in Iceland? Uh, a a lot of a lot of different types of meat. There uh, a lot of lamb up there. Uh, mm-hmm. lot of, I had a reindeer burger, which tasted just like meat, like most other forms of meat I've had. I uh, had some duck. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing that I came away with, they really like their black licorice in Iceland. And I, I need to know how everybody else on the panel feels about black licorice. Cause I just, know I did right. not like it. Yeah, I think, uh, it's kind of gross, but I drink throat coat a lot when I'm doing vocals. So I kind of got used to it, but I don't want to eat it as like a candy. Like there was this one candy bar. Like we stopped at this random gas station and got uh, a couple candy bars just uh, because we're on vacation and that's what you do is you got to try the candy bars. And there, it was like, uh, it was like a chocolate. It was basically like um, a Milky way, but instead of caramel, you put a strip of black licorice and the black licorice, the best way I could describe it. And I feel like this might even age me a little bit because I feel like people, Shay and Betsy, I or I'm sorry. Shay's the youngest one of the group, Betsy and mill. You might be familiar with this. It felt like a checkbook. That's what the the exterior of a checkbook. That was the texture of the black licorice. I could barely even bite through it. It was gross. Yeah, well, I deal with checkbooks every day, so okay. Uh, I, like, <laughs> Shay, yeah. Shay, do you have a checkbook? No, but I know what it is. Okay, <laughs> I've only ever owned a checkbook once, and it was a box that, like, it was a box of them that you get when you ver- your very first. Uh, mm-hmm. Account oh, your first bit. bank account. Yep. I literally, I think I literally wrote two checks in my entire life, and I haven't had one since. Once Wachovia went away, I've never. That's how long ago it was. Wachovia. Yeah, I know. Everyone just Venmo's now, but uh, I have yeah. a book of them sitting next to me on my desk. <laughs> All right. I don't. Right. I don't. They don't get much use. I feel slightly less old then. That makes me feel better. But uh, so back to the the black licorice discussion. Uh, I, I I brought a bottle of this home with me, and hopefully none in my family will listen to this podcast because I want them all to be subjected to this uh, at Christmas. It's called Brennevin. It's the uh, the original Icelandic spirit, or at least that's what it says on the bottle. It's black licorice. It's basically it I've felt had, like Icelandic malort is basically what it seemed like because we did a shot of it. And then we were informed later, oh, this is called the Black Death in Iceland. <laughs> so for some reason, I, I guess black licorice became the thing that they uh, they they really believe is a delicacy. I don't think delicacy is the right word, but that's their big treat. And then uh, I feel like I've had that stuff before. Well, it's really I, gross. It's it's not fun. Um, no. it, like. I don't know. Like there's like there's a black licorice taste to Jaeger a little bit, but this is just like I said, it's like Icelandic Malort is the best way I could describe it. Yeah, Jaeger's not strong like that. Mm-hmm, correct. Um try to think and then outside of that, Shay, to uh, it just a lot of fish. I had yeah. Arctic char, I had some cod, had some salmon, and uh also drank water straight from the glacier because that's what you do up there, because it's the cleanest water in the world, probably. That is that that fish has got to be like some of the best in the world. I, That's gotta like, be super fresh. So, like this is this is a thing that I was not as aware of. Um, but like the gas stations, especially I think this is also true in many other countries in Europe. I have not been to them, so don't quote me on this. But in Iceland, like the gas stations were 
kind of nice. And they also had like, like the one running joke. Cause we went to this place a couple of times is the gas station restaurant cafe. That's where I had the lamb burger randomly. And it was like, it was the, one of the night, it was like a fast casual restaurant type of place, but you wouldn't expect it, a gas station to be that nice. I feel like a lot of the gas stations in, in the States are, let's say not clean. I guess would be the most polite way to describe it. Uh, I wouldn't call this like a Bucky's type of situation, but it was pretty. Yeah. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah. You, I've Mills been to a Bucky's, I guess. Um, but they didn't have a combination Pizza Hut Taco Bell. No, no, it was a KFC Taco Bell. Actually, we didn't go. Uh, they had something called the Volcano Burrito at Taco Bell, though, and I really wanted to get it, but uh, I also just couldn't bring myself to go to a Taco Bell. Went in another country, so I didn't. But probably for the best. Sometimes it's fun going into fa- like we went to McDonald's in every country that we went to when I backpacked around Europe, and I just remember being like, "Why is there so much banana on this <laughs> menu in France?" Like I don't understand. Well, when I was in in England earlier this year, they were it was just at the tail end of the run. They had a chicken Big Mac, which sounds. It's just it's just a Big Mac with chicken instead of beef. And I'm like, but I still want to try it. But apparently it was so wildly popular in England that they ran out of them. Oh, so it's like the Popeye sandwich there. Exactly. Exactly. That was the exact comparison I was going for. Um, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's any other food. It's just uh, the hotel. I, I made a huge deal about the hotel breakfast we had at this first hotel we stayed at because it was just all this. It wasn't anything outlandish but it was all really good like there was your traditional british breakfast so you get your sausage beans on toast all that stuff um and then there was like fresh fruit and this sourdough bread loaves that look like the size of a rugby ball um yeah oh i will say the other thing they had uh the it was called multi-fruit juice uh, it was at the hotel. It was just labeled that way. So I didn't know exactly what the multi-fruits were. And then I found it at a grocery store and it has, there was like grape in there or a grape, carrot, carrot, which is weird because that's not a fruit, but whatever. Uh, and then like pear juice, apples, oranges, like guava, passion fruit, mango, whole bunch of shit tasted like heaven. Wish it was in the States. Haven't been able to find it since I've been back. Surprise. That sounds pretty delicious. And carrots are pretty sweet when you juice them or make them into juice. Yeah, I feel like most of the juice, like pretty much any juice you have stateside is like over sugared and wildly unhealthy for you. That the stuff I had there did not seem as sugar infused, although I could entirely be wrong. And I had way more sugar than any person should have on a vacation. But whatever. That's the thing about Europe, though, is that they're fa- they they like their sugar there. They, you said they do. Or? They do. Mm. European candy, some of the best in the world. Yeah, I I like I brought home about a dozen candy bars, uh, and and some of them are going to make it to family Christmas. Not all though. <laughs> Just walking around with a big Toblerone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like I, I as I was I was thinking of other places, but uh, it was it was a lot of it was just a lot of different types of meats and fish and, but God is expensive. Holy shit! Did you did you see Gunner Stall? I I did not see Gunner Stall uh, or 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 uh, the dentist. 
<laughs> that guy's a dentist. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, but that that place is that country is uh, just out of this world. I I don't the 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 countryside there just is unlike anything I've ever seen. I have a quite all right. I have a question for the other three of you. The other three of you, like there's another three of you I'm talking to right now. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm just. I'm, I I don't know what time zone I'm operating on right now. Like I said, hey, you're addressing ahead. the millions and millions <laughs> yes. of listeners. Yeah, divide that by millions. Mm. But anyway, um, how many of you three have seen the Northern Lights in person? In person, I don't think I've been north enough. Yeah, me either. I'm wouldn't okay. know where to look. Well, <laughs> North film. Uh, look up. All right. Well, I because so this was all right. Uh, I so I but I'm sure you've all seen pictures of it. Like you have an idea of what it looks like, right? Yeah. Bright, vivid greens and purples and all that. Yeah. Like I, so, I don't I don't want to be the guy that spoils this for someone. Like they don't necessarily look like that to the human eye, and I did not know this. So I, I I don't know if the three of you are familiar with this. So uh, like you can't if you get a really good intense Northern Lights show, um, it'll be like bright vivid greens and pearls like that can happen. But the l- more common thing I guess is that they look more like a milky gray. They almost look like clouds actually. But they, like you could tell, like they like it just looks like they have a different like consistency or texture, and they and they move in a way that is unlike clouds, and it really like the so, and this is where like it sounds like I'm bragging, but we I got to see them twice while we were up there. This is why we went in December because that's a higher probability of seeing it when it's when there's 19 hours of darkness. So. The, yeah, so we saw it twice, and both times I was expecting, or the first time I was expecting this like bright green, brilliant show because the hotel I was we were staying at, you could sign up for, uh, you could sign up to have the front desk call you if there's a Northern Lights show overnight. That day we'd gone hiking and done a whole bunch of shit, so we were relaxing at the hotel at like eight o'clock. I was watching the Bears Packers game on my computer, just relaxing because we were exhausted, and the whole front desk called us said this is your Northern lights wake up call. It's outside right now. And so like the hotel ran outside and we're looking at this and I'm like, it doesn't look that impressive, I guess would be the word. Like I felt like an asshole. Like this is supposed to be like, it's on like so many people's bucket lists and all this, but I'm like, this, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. Our eyes have been ruined by iPhones. (laughs) Well, and, and it's funny you say that mill, because I'm going to put the picture that I took in our group chat right now. Uh, but the technology on phones has improved so much that your phone will do the effect for you. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it's um, like all you just have to do is set your phone to night mode, and your phone will uh, your phone will happily do the Northern Lights effect for you. So I I don't know if I just ruined that whole uh, the Northern Lights thing for anybody, but uh, it's not. Uh, if if you get really really lucky, you can see a really really good show, but uh, apparently that is the exception and not necessarily the rule. So you need to like sell glasses like they do at like eclipse parties, you know, that help you see the light. Because the whole point of like lights and stuff is the perception and how they go into our eyes is like mm-hmm. 
obviously different and cameras will catch that those wavelengths differently than our eyes will. So they should come up with like little glasses that can help. So people can go up there and look at them mm-hmm. and see them. Yeah. See, that's how I would think Northern lights. Would yeah. Work. Yeah. Like I remember thinking the first that like, so is this the Northern lights, just the really elaborate camera trick. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I, I felt robbed, but, um, but yeah, that's apparently that's, if you get really, really lucky, you, you can get to see the, uh, the greens and all that. But uh, I guess we'll just, I'll just have to go back to Iceland in December and try again next time. Um, speaking of like, before we go away, this can be like a physics joke kind of thing. You guys have, you guys have heard, um, the thing that's like, if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody around to see it or hear it, does it really make a sound? Of course. What's the light version of that is if you put a red ribbon in a completely blackout room, is the ribbon still red? Because colors are just wavelengths of light bouncing off things. And if there is no light, does that color exist? Yeah. Uh, I think this is like a consciousness thing. Yeah, it's like, uh, it, it's like, uh, are we living in a simulation? Which the answer mm-hmm. to is yes. Do you see what the Blackhawks are doing to us? <laughs> this is the shit we're talking about because the team is just so generally uninteresting. Like, I can't are wait the northern to see... lights really green or are they yeah. green? Like, I can't wait to see what the fuck we're going to be talking about in March. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I'll make it. <laughs> I don't they know. might, they might kill me. <laughs> So that was fun. All right. Well, um, now that we're uh, all in the middle of an existential crisis, I think it's a good time to uh, wrap up this episode. By the way, uh, keep an eye on the website because we're going to have – well, we have two new members of the staff that are going to be joining later this week, and there's going to be a post up at the website to introduce them. And we might work them into the podcast somehow. I I, I don't really know how it's going, but uh, we, our, our staff is getting larger finally because I finally got around to – sitting down and doing all that. So that's entirely my fault that it took this long, but we got two new people and we're very excited to have them on staff. So keep an eye out for that and keep an eye on the website in general, because uh, we're going to be doubling down on a lot of world junior stuff, because that's going to be far more interesting than anything going on with the Blackhawks for the next few weeks, for sure. And then, uh, God, then we can spend too much talking about uh, whether or not Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are going to waive their no trade clauses and decide to, to leave Chicago. So, so that's all the fun we have to look forward to because God knows the team on the ice probably won't give us too much entertainment. Um, so that's going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison. Uh, I'm at DML57 on Twitter. Shepard is at Jehosa's Witness. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR where you can find all of our stuff as usual. And uh, we'll talk to you next week and hopefully with fewer existential crises by the end of the show. Talk to you then.